0: The biggest um, disaster we'd had at that point uh, in the community of Boulder County. And so um, through that experience, um, we certainly learned a lot. And we also know there's a lot more to learn uh, as we go forward. But um, so I have a, a little bit of disaster experience to bring to the table for this discussion with the Community Foundation.
1: So I want to thank you first off for agreeing to serve this critical advisory committee. Who's on this advisory committee and what skills do they bring?
0: The, uh, you know, There's about 16, 17 people on the advisory committee. I could list you their names, but the names are available on the community foundation website if people would like to look up their names and um, their exact titles behind their names, but it's made up of people that have had experience with disasters and people that have not. It's made up of former elected officials like myself and people that are uh, business people, people that are in the nonprofit world as well, people from the faith community. And so it's a a very good cross section, I believe, of the people um, that are in the community, We had a meeting today and everyone had stories of people they were talking to in their neighborhoods or in their community that had been affected by this wildfire. And so they bring uh, a rich conversation of experience to the table.
1: Well, your experience with the long-term recovery group after the 2013 flood gives you a unique insight into the work of this wildfire fund committee. Can you tell us about some of the lessons learned from that recovery effort that you're bringing now to your role with the wildfire fund?
0: Well, it's, it's ironic that you asked that question in that there was a lessons learned uh, document that was created when the long-term recovery group finished. And I, I thought, I need to get my hands on that document because I think that would help us, um, you know, my memory, uh, uh, but I'm doing the best I can for my memory, but I think that document would help us if we could find it. The um, But I think one of the big things that we learned was to, um, Before that disaster, we didn't have a permanent VOAD, a volunteer organization of disaster um, recovery nonprofits. And now we do. And that has been in place since the flood. And so there was a group that was ready to stand up and do the work that nonprofits do. But what we didn't have was then this bigger community uh, case management group, that was an organized effort. There are many nonprofits that are doing case management now and um, but I think having a more permanent structure doesn't mean it's operating every day, all day but that people know their roles and can step right into them when a disaster hits. Cause unfortunately I think there'll be more.
1: So what kind of folks uh, do you try to bring to a case management situation after a disaster? What, what well, kind, of, think, oh, what kind well, of professionals are, are, are you seeking? To well, there help are organizations.
0: Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry.
1: That's all right.
0: Um, there are organizations operating now like Sister Carmen or EFA. Or Lutheran Family Services, or Jewish Family Services, who um, are doing case management on a day-to-day basis, unrelated to um, any particular disaster. And so the 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 issue at hand is that there is a, a big an increase in need um, that requires some kind of upstaffing that um, an additional funds into the mix to be able to serve everyone that it has needs. And so I think the that kind of, how do you get, stand that up really quickly is probably the work we need to be doing going forward uh, on a permanent basis. But the, we're starting to figure it out. I, You know, at the beginning you'd said, um, the finalizing um, what this advisory group is going to advise around the money. And I think we're really more in an interim stage at this point, trying to uh, assess all the needs and with a big caveat that as you mentioned, there's $500 million of identified under insurance um, and the, the need is huge. And the, and we don't have enough money to fill that gap, but how can we bring people to the table with other funds and put together a, uh, the best possible relief that we can to folks? But uh, it will take some time to put all that together and be able to work through um, what's the most equitable way to do that.
1: So what, you know, I mean, the statement talks about a lot of money. Yeah. Um, What is the greatest misconception in the community about that wildfire fund?
0: Um, You know, I I believe that probably... I mean, I'm speculating here, but what I've heard is that there's concern among folks that uh, it has taken a long time for the money to be spent. Um, But in fact, if you compare it to other disasters, both locally and nationally, that getting over $8 million out the door in the first um, couple of weeks in terms of cash payments to meet immediate needs of people that were homeless, uh, then um, that's really compared to other disasters pretty fast. And, um, and that we're getting, I think, fairly close to being able to um, have a methodology for distributing the rest of the money. Uh, but even that distribution won't happen overnight because the, it needs to be equitable and it also needs to be um, done in a way that it doesn't first inhibit people's ability to get their insurance or get their FEMA money. And so consequently the money from the community foundation and community foundations around the country, generally speaking are the last in dollars because so that people can maximize um, the amount of money that they're getting from other sources and going through that process with insurance and fema and the sba and other sources of funds then that all takes time and then the community foundation will be ready with some additional funds which unfortunately probably still will not fill the gap
1: i want to Take a moment to thank our listeners this morning for tuning in to KGNU's A Public Affair. I'm speaking today with Deb Gardner, a member of the Boulder County Wildfire Fund Advisory Board, about how the advisory board does their important work in allocating the dollars of the Boulder County Wildfire Fund. So, Deb. I have used the term underinsured. For our listening audience, give us an example of what we're talking about there for someone who has suffered the loss of their home.
0: Well, this is hypothetical, but say um, the cost of rebuilding a person's home is $500,000. And But their insurance will only pay for, give them $300,000. I'm not an insurance person, so I don't know the rationale for the insurance company coming to that. But so then that gap between what they're getting from the insurance company and what it will cost them to rebuild their home like it used to be um, is that insurance gap.
1: So what kind of tough questions is the advisory committee dealing with today um, in terms of allocating the, the community foundations available funds? What's the hardest part of that job, being on the advisory committee?
0: Well, I think one of the most overwhelming things is um, twofold. One the gap is bigger than we can fix. And so how do you make a decision about where to put the limited funds that the community foundation has? And the, and I think too, that it's a changing landscape about where the need is and what the exact need is. And so how do they balance the advisory committee and, balance the uncertainty that everyone is living with and the magnitude of the gap. And the community foundations as stated on their website, you know, their goal is to really fill gaps, be the last money in and be equitable in their distribution of funds. And I think that calculus is um, given the uncertainty really kind of unknown about, well, what's what's the right answer and all that, because we want to be able to help everyone. Uh, and that may not be possible. We're starting to get letters, uh, emails from uh, folks in the community, and we're reading all of them. And um, it's very helpful in that it describes the need in a in very... Um, Heartfelt and concrete terms. And so I think people are reading that and taking that information in and then trying to have conversations with the cities and with the counties and trying to put all that together to say, well, where where do we fit? Um, where can we be the most helpful knowing that the need is greater than any amount of money anyone has?
1: So I'm assuming that the work of the Wildfire Fund Advisory committee is also going to require partnerships with other agencies in the community. Are you feeling uh, positive about the number of, of uh, potential partnerships you're putting together in order to conquer this work?
0: Yeah I believe so. the, um, the you know we Part of that first out money um, was with groups like Jewish Family Services that really stepped up to be able to um, provide mental health services to folks. And then uh, also to United um, Policyholders, which is a nonprofit company that operates around the country, helping folks uh, work through their insurance issues with their insurance companies. They're professional uh, at uh, helping people work through that process and be able to get, hopefully get the most money that they possibly can. And then also um, working with the the county, which unfortunately is expert at working with disasters, but then also both the city of Louisville and the city of Superior. And then the, they have chambers and their council folks have been really great to work with. And I think uh, And also, there are at least two uh, community organizations that have um, formed to help their citizens marshal together in Superior Rising, which is very helpful because they create an opportunity for communication to individuals that survived the fire, that um I don't think any one organization that's out there in the county right now could have done that. And so they provide a platform for an exchange of information that's very valuable to everyone. And but then there's also the the non-pro, the nonprofit. Uh, partnerships, which the Community Foundation has a long history of being in partnership with many of those nonprofits, again, partly because of previous disasters and to just the ongoing community work. And so those relationships are, are solid. And now there is uh, one of the things that happens after a disaster is there's a long-term recovery group um, that is made up of those nonprofits and other organizations that are able to come in and help in a disaster because they're experienced at it. And so that long-term recovery group is operating as well. And we're working to partner with them and trying to figure out again Where's the most need that we has? How can we be most helpful with them?
1: So I'm not I'm not assuming that there is a distinct answer to this. But are there things that make Boulder County unique compared to other communities when it comes to philanthropic dollars playing a role in rebuilding anything unique about about Boulder County?
0: Well, you know, the thing that I, there's a couple of things I think that's unique about Boulder County is one, it feels to me like the community foundation in particular, but it is really connected to the community and really making an effort to be um, very hands-on with what happens uh, with the money that was donated quite literally from all around the world um, to help people in this community. And I think that Really trying to um, be hands-on in that direction, where, in we've done a little research in what's happened in other communities and community foundations to try and um, understand well what's the the best best way to get at this, and many of them. Um, Pretty quickly, um, take the funds funds that have been donated and give them to another nonprofit to then do the donation. And it, I think here in Boulder County, um, we have um, a feels like we're. How do we do this the best way? How do we do it in a way that really helps the community? How do we do it in a way that's replicable and a model because we know we're going to have to do this again? And what can we learn from this experience? And I think. Um, rather than just um, you know, write a big check to United Way or some other big uh, nonprofit, I think we'd prefer to try and, and figure out how as a community can we do this and um, be in a better place when it's all over? Because again, unfortunately, we'll be having another disaster. What can we learn from this one to do it better next time?
1: So have you... You've you've already started doing some of those comparisons about other communities that had wildfires. Yes. Uh, What's the strongest lesson that you've learned from them?
0: Well, I think it's, this is not a lesson we really want to learn, but it it takes a lot longer than you would ever imagine to be able to um, rebuild. We saw some of that be the case in um, the four mile fire we had in Boulder County and some of it uh, was the case in the flood as well but um, wildfires of this magnitude take much longer for people to rebuild than anyone wants it to happen we all want it to be much more immediate and um, unfortunately there's a record out there in communities across the Country of it taking much longer than um, than anyone hopes or anticipated, and I think that's another place where we. I mean, everyone I've talked to, it's like, well, we can do better than that. We we can make this happen faster, and I think that's really at the the in the back of everyone's mind is how how do how do we facilitate rebuilding in a way that um, could have it happen um, faster and easier, less, less bureaucratically, uh, you know, how, how do we help people navigate their way through a process that they never expected themselves to have to deal with? It isn't like, you know, something we learned in some other experience, this, this is new to everyone. And so how do we stand up some helping in this uh, navigation process. And I think that is one of the things that the um, the advisory group has um, really um, tried to work on and trying again in partnerships to figure out a way, um, how do we really help people, not just in the end game, uh, but through the whole process and um, beginning with, um, you know, debris removal and and permit fees and all that front end stuff too. Is there a way we can help people navigate through the process, which is why we gave money right away to this United um, Policyholders Group because they were on the ground in the Disaster Assistance Center helping people uh, have conversations and negotiate with their insurance company from day one, which is going to be an issue I that almost everyone has.
1: And there you're talking about case management at an individual case situation. Yes. Everybody's case is not the same. No. And so that also gets you to the statement that you made about how long it's going to take disaster recovery to be what we would call complete.
0: Yes. So
1: um, there are long-term and short-term needs related to this fire. How how does the advisory committee get its information on what those short-term and long-term needs are about?
0: The um, well, fortunately, um, Tatiana and Eric and other folks at the Community Foundation have created a document, um, a picture, really, which you can see if you go on the Community Foundation that that shows um, the you know long term, short term and needs there. And of course, the short term, really immediate needs were the things that were addressed at the Disaster Assistance Center. And that's why so much money was given at that initial point so that people could get there, they could get some housing, they could get some clothing, there was a huge um, distribution center for clothing and other household needs that people had. And how to, and that's what that whole front end part was about. Those very immediate needs, but there will still be folks going forward who um, will have, as a consequence of the fire, lost their job, and then eventually have a change in circumstance that they could have an immediate housing need um, in, you know, uh, two or three months from now that they hadn't anticipated. And so there's money there for those immediate needs, and they'll we've allocated money for that. And that money will be there if people need, have an immediate need about it. But then looking at that longer term um, needs, then again, kind of breaking out, how do we be able to serve people in that next kind of middle period, but still have some money at the very end, if there are folks that have, again, changed circumstances or something that no one foresaw, How do we be able to still help that person um, is is at the back of everyone's mind?
1: So, Deb Gardner, I want to thank you again for being with us this morning uh, and sharing the information that you have shared with us about the very important, critical work of our Wildfire Fund Advisory Committee. Uh, for our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Community Foundation's monthly program on KGNU called A Public Affair. You can learn more about the Community Foundation of Boulder County at comfound.org. We'll be back with you on KGNU's A Public Affair on April 25th. 2022 be well everyone be
0: well.